0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Hello and welcome back. Today I've got my very special guest, Rob Pincus, back with us for a second time. And um, you were right, I was listening to your live event earlier this morning and it has already been over a year and a half since we last did. That was uh, my podcast 16 and I think I just put out 35 so uh time flies when you're having fun but i know that <clears throat> when i launched the last podcast something to the effect of guns are not the answer to your personal safety i think that that uh, kind of piqued your interest and um there's some points in that that we want to get through that we may or may not agree with and so uh wanted to get together and chat through it today how are I you
1: pre- I, I'm great, Jim. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity. You know, I, I do pay attention to what you put out and your thoughts on this. I, I did enjoy our conversation. Um, and it seems like, I don't know, 2020 to me seemed like three years long. Uh, so I, I guess that's even longer than a year and a half, but I, I'll tell you the, the reason certainly the title and then in listening to the show <laughs> and, and it, it, the reason it did pique my interest and I wanted to have a conversation is yeah. it, you said a lot of things that I've said for years, right. Yeah. About role of the firearm and sort of the fact that just owning the gun isn't enough and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and yet I want to make sure that, that what, what I am thinking is <laughs> aligned with what you're thinking yeah. for, because so much of what you say, I think is aligned with, with a lot of my core principles and values when sure. it comes to just a lot of different things. Yeah. And, and if not, then hey, what What a cool opportunity to take somebody that I respect and I consider a friend and who's very articulate and, and I think very thoughtful and sincere in their principles. Uh, what a great opportunity to explore a difference of opinion if that's what we have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so just to kind of recap, the spirit of where I was going with that. First of all, the title of it was meant to kind of be, uh, you know, uh, kind of a shocker, you know, um, but the Genesis, and I think I made mention of this in the podcast, but the Genesis, this, the Genesis of it, what inspired me to do the topic, to cover the topic in the first place is I keep seeing, I, I, I think I see it mostly, you know, following folks in the two A community or related, it may have been self defense, but I know I've seen it a couple of places from a couple of different sources, and the what sparked this whole thing is something that kinda irks me, and that's this notion that, you know, gun control takes away a woman's right to self defense. And I get it. I, I, I get the spirit of that, but it couldn't be more wrong in my opinion. Um, that's another one of those emotionally charged statements to get f- people fired up. So I understand it in, in principle. But my whole thing is, and I, and I said this, is that if there was tons of gun control or if guns went to, away altogether or never existed in the first place, you still have the right to self-defense and you still have a ton of tools both hardware and software, to employ in order to defend yourself. And so that was kind of the whole premise of me doing the, the last podcast. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I had a few points that I was trying to make, that being the first one because that's what kind of sparked it all. The other one is, is that when you get a gun, it doesn't make you automatically safer. It doesn't make you automatically a badass for carrying a gun if you've elected to carry one for self-defense. And then, you know, if you have a gun, that doesn't mean you can suddenly do away with all your other personal safety responsibilities. And piggybacking on that, that doesn't mean now that you go seeking out fights or you don't have to worry about avoiding the dark alleys or doing all the things you should be doing anyway because you're carrying you actually have a greater responsibility. So those are my main takeaways. That and the fact that we shouldn't be listening to Hollywood and the media about guns and how they get used, right? Does that all make sense?
1: Absolutely. And, and, and I think that, that all of those, you know, absolutely resonate with the, the philosophy that we, we teach at IC Training Company, the stuff that we share through Personal Defense Network. Yeah. I, I think this idea, you know, there's a universe pretty universal it, it, nothing's really you know absolute right but it's right. A pretty universally accepted right to self-preservation and in international law culturally around the globe it's pretty universal that yeah you as a as a human being have the right to defend yourself yep. from harm from un, unreasonable attack you know whatever physical yep. mental all of that we we, we that is that is almost unquestioned in around the globe. Yeah. Now, guns obviously are a potential means to exercise that right. You know, and the gun isn't the right. And and in the United States, we have a constitutionally explicit protected right to that means to keep and bear arms, and the government is told you may not restrict this, you may not infringe upon this right, which again based on the writing and the the presentation is yeah. self evident and exists prior to the writing of the constitution and merely the government is being told that they can't interfere with it and and interestingly and, and obviously the source of a great uh, co- you know great controversy is the fact that the the framers of the constitution and, and perhaps one of their you know uh, obvious missteps i think yeah they felt compelled to tell the government why the government shouldn't infringe on this right in a way that appealed to the government right so yeah. what did they say they the right of the people to protect themselves potentially even from the government right and yep. potentially from other people outside of remember we had no standing army there's no plan for a standing army then the fact that we might need to do the government's work essentially as individuals we may need to protect ourselves and our country from internal or external foe yeah they so therefore you should not get in get in the way of people's right to keep and bear arms and it's in your interest government to not get in the way and that clause right has, has really screwed things up in terms of the individual right now luckily um, and and i think rightfully the supreme court in in all of the recent rulings has been very clear that this is an individually protected right it's not a collective right it's not the national guard is the militia it's not right. the state army made it obsolete none of that and that's good but the fact that the question even had to be clarified is because of the wording of the second amendment if, if and i have always been very clear i believe regardless of what the way that amendment is written obviously i support it i support the the idea that the government shouldn't get in the way of our means to be able to protect ourselves in the situations where a gun is the best tool for that job yeah i also have been really clear with people that i see that merely as an extension of the acknowledgement of the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness that's self-evident and our right to protect ourselves so there really is a huge huge difference between the the right to protect yourself, the obligation to protect yourself, the yeah. responsibility we have to be prepared to defend ourselves, and the object of the gun.
0: Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And and that was, that was the, I guess that would be a good summary overview of what I was trying to get at with that point. Because again, I've seen a few things pop up and every time it agitates me. Because again, I understand the spirit in which it was said, but it's a little bit misleading. It's meant to get that visceral reaction. But I don't need a gun to defend myself. You know what I mean?
1: It's- right. And, and, or, and again, I, I, somebody can come up with an example where, well, what would you do if you didn't have a gun? I get it. And and sometimes when I'm talking to that, that anti-gun parent, I'll say, well, you know, let's just imagine for a second, you know, I don't think I could ever take a life with a gun. Okay, well, you know, you're, you're duct taped to the chair and the, the gun's in your hand and the person's going to kill your child. Would you pull the trigger? You have no other option. You know, it's ridiculous. It's hyperbolic. But as a thought experiment, it definitely gets people to the point of, OK, I can see where, yeah, under certain circumstances that are convoluted and unlikely, yeah. I would gun. But but the idea that they would protect their kids, that is period self-evident. The idea, yeah. even the people I think that would say they don't know if they could pr- hurt somebody else to protect themselves, um, which I don't know that if that gets tested, I don't know that ever really stands up. They don't say that about their kids or their mom or their wife or their dad, right? They, people are pretty ready to protect their, their loved ones. So when we talk about it, and I think that's why the emotion of, you know, most of the donors, right. And most of the likers and most of the sharers and reposters in the gun community are men. So when you say, Hey, this gun control could victimize women and make it impossible for them to defend themselves, Mm. you trigger the emotion and you get the donation, you get the like, you get the share. And that's that's fear mongering, and and I also uh, agree yeah. with you. That's not the way we should be doing this.
0: Yeah, I uh, yeah, and I think that's the part that gets me both. It's like that's not a good sales technique. Yeah, you've got the emotional charge piece, but you're going about it all wrong. And you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned mindset because we talked about that in in that podcast too, and we touched upon that very thing. Like before, you think a gun is the answer to your self defense problems you need to figure out whether or not you can do it or not. Like if it came down to it and you had to employ that tool, are you capable? Can you do it? And if you haven't answered that for yourself yet, or you say no, then why do you have a gun in the first place? So it's not the the go-to tool, and it's not necessarily a tool for everyone in the audience, you know?
1: I agree 100% and and the the real danger then, and I think this was was really a big part of your point, whereas I spent a lot of time sort of trying to police our community and get our community better because, you know, I, I will admit that it, when we say it's not the right way to to do the fundraising, it doesn't mean it's not effective, right? right. It, gets, it does get the clicks going, but it sure. it's, it's, then gets used against us, I think rightfully, because it's, oh look, they're fear-mongering and this is not true and intellectually, that, that argument can be undermined pretty quickly Because what's the worst case scenario? To me, if the worst case scenario is is you just made a woman who doesn't own a gun or can't own a gun, maybe it's a woman in in France. Maybe it's a woman who committed a a felony of tax evasion. Maybe it's a woman who lives in Manhattan. You just made her think she can't defend herself if she takes you seriously. She now just got disempowered because of your fear mongering, because you weren't genuine enough to just say, sure, there's other means to self-defense work in a lot of different situations, but ultimately humans should have the right to have the gun for those rare and worst case scenarios as well. And if you just say it that way, maybe you'll cause that same woman to say, well, gee, I wonder what the, other. I don't want a gun, but maybe I should look into these other means of defending myself. I've because got that options
0: does, to explore. And that's, that's an yeah. important takeaway, because if you say you said, you said it very well, if you take away the gun. I've been disempowered. Now I've been, you know, I've been fixed, so to speak, right? So I don't have any options if I don't have that tool as an option for my go-to. And so I think think understanding that it's not the only option. And then when it is the option, it's not the go-to in all situations. Dare I say, you know, you've got the LEO background. You probably know better than me, but it's probably not the go-to option in most cases. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. When I when I'm teaching defensive shooting skill development um, and when I do instructor development for people that are going to be teaching shooting skills, you know, I'll draw like a big rectangle on the, the board or square or something. You know, I'm not super great. If anybody's ever seen my whiteboards, it's not 90 degree angles. So, so I draw a shape. Right. And I'll <laughs> yeah. this is your you, this is conflict in your life. Right. Like this is this is conflict that that creates aftermath that's how i define conflict you you were in a, you were in a conflict if there's an aftermath if you think about it afterwards if it uh, if you're in the hospital afterwards if you're in court afterwards if, you know <laughs> if there's math you were in a conflict that's how we define it right so somebody looks at you funny and you move on uh you, you weren't in a conflict somebody looks at you funny and you have a nightmare about it that was a conflict right yeah. so um what what happens is when we look at conflict in our lives that rectangle that i just drew is potentially happening every day if you cross the street because there's a someone that's, that intimidates you scares you or you just don't want to be messed with by down the streets so you go out of your way to go around that corner yeah that was conflict you you recognized potential conflict you avoided it or de-escalated the situation by changing your route you took an action and you moved on with the rest of your life well that goes in that rectangle right yeah. so then once I I'll say the whole whiteboard, which is, you know, 10, 50 times the size of this rectangle (laughs) I've drawn, the whole whiteboard is your life. So your life isn't mostly conflict. Conflict is a small part of your life, but it does exist. We need to acknowledge it. Somewhere in a little piece in the rectangles. Okay, this piece is physical conflict. This is the kind of stuff that that could have been physical or was physical the fist fight you had in third grade the, the the person who hugged you awkwardly at the <laughs> christmas party that you had to kind of push them away and you're going to avoid being isolated with them for the rest of your work experience with that in that company you know th- these are physical things and then i'll draw a little little dot and i'll say these are the potentially lethal literally a dot in the corner of the second rectangle yep. this dot i just made with the dry erase marker that's potentially lethal conflict that might involve a gun and i can't even articulate like there isn't a molecule of (laughs) the ink that's on the dry erase board in that dot that is the times you actually have to pull the trigger because we know a lot of defensive gun uses are merely letting people know that you will use the gun and that de-escalates things rather quickly in in most cases so so this idea that that you're taking a gun class, you're going to spend the money, spend the time, do all this for something that's incredibly unlikely and incredibly rare in the human experience is a good thing. Yep. One of the reasons it's incredibly rare is because of situational awareness, avoid conflict, avoidance, yes. de escalation, unarmed skills, all these things. Yes. I mean, and, and we're not alone, and I'm not alone in this theory. You know, people have said for years: um, Masada, you, Claude Werner, like yep. so many people over the years have said. If you're carrying a gun, you should also carry pepper spray or have unarmed fighting skills or carry a taser, carry some alternative force so that you don't have to jump to the gun. Clint Smith has said for decades, if all you have is a gun, you know, then that's all you're going to use. If all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And And we have to go beyond that in our preparation to defend ourselves mindset wise. Otherwise, absolutely. You go right to the gun. And that's a recipe for disaster in the vast majority of human conflict.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, the last number and, you know, numbers in my mind are always questioned because they're You know, they're put out to make a point or manipulate the facts. But, um, you know, what do they say about statistics? Statistics can say anything you want them to say. But I think the last number relative to bad things that really get so bad that you're going to be going at it, you know, fisticuffs or having to go even to that next level of force um, is like there's a 0.04% chance in your life that that'll ever happen. And so, you know, you bring up another good point. Why do we in the gun community focus so much or put so much energy into the importance of training, which was a point that I was trying to make in my last podcast, too, is that, you know, you don't just buy a gun and automatically get safer, right? Be a badass and make yourself safer. You might make yourself feel safer by having that gun on your nightstand or carrying that gun on your hip if you've got the license to do so. But it does not make you automatically safer. And, you know, if you purchase a firearm, it's incumbent on you to get that associated training, both basic skills and safety, obviously, going all the way up into, you know, potentially advanced defensive uh, uh, firearms training like you offer. Um so it's not an automatic, but why do we spend so much time worrying about training for a tool that the chances of us ever having to use is soon to nil? And I'd say it's because that tool is not very, um, it requires a lot of training to use effectively. Right. So if you're going to elect to carry that particular tool, you really need to make an effort to get the proper training. Uh, I heard someone say more recently, even for women, that a knife might be a better choice in self-defense tool because with very little training in close counter situations, which are, they're likely going to be involved with, right? Especially with people that they know or that have loved them or whatever. Um, a knife might be a better choice because you can enact a lot of damage and not have a lot of training behind it, right? Like everybody knows what a knife does. Um, But that's why for guns, that tool does necessitate the training. And that was a point that we were definitely trying to make uh, in that podcast as well.
1: I I think that that may be one of the areas that we – disagree maybe in the practical application of the theory i think we agree in the theory it sounds like but what i would say is this you know i have spent the last 20 plus years distilling defensive firearm skill development down to make it more efficient right so when when you start training in the traditional model the 80s you know, defensive handgun model, you really you started learning with the techniques that would help you hit a golf ball at 100 yards, right? Like really isometric tension and push pull and bladed stances and front sight focus and sighted all this trigger staging and all this stuff. And that that is a very high level physical skill if you want to be able to shoot a golf ball at 100 yards. The fact is, what we've seen the empirical data, many, 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 many untrained people successfully use guns to stop, lethal threats without any training whatsoever they had the gun in their uh nightstand or they had the gun in the closet or they had the gun under the counter at the convenience store that their grandfather started you know the grandfather left the gun there it's just been there and they use those guns very intuitively uh to defend themselves so sure. is, it, is it pretty is it a hundred percent hit rate you know no absolutely not but we, we also know we learned when dash camera videos came out and surveillance camera videos became more common we also learned that the police officers uh, in, in the late 90s and in the early 2000s weren't using those target shooting techniques that they used to get their qualification scores right. they were also improvising a great deal of what happened kind on the streets yeah right winning they were winning the fights but they were winning with a 20% hit rate not a 89 percent hit rate right. like they had qualification score score so so a lot of the idea that guns are hard to use I, I would disagree with but here's where I where I like in rob's um, you know, half a second ahead version of what you were saying. Yep. What I anticipated you saying, or what I would say, is this: the reason we emphasize training so much is because of the incredible responsibility that comes with carrying a gun in public, that owning too. a gun. At home because yep. when you say when you you also said in that that last piece, you don't automatically become a badass. You don't become more dangerous just because you own a gun. Right. The fact is, you've increased the risk of negative outcome in your home or in your space or for yeah. those around you when you bring in a firearm yeah. now that's going to get cut out and somebody on the internet's going to say oh my god rob how could you possibly say that well i said it because it's self-evident <laughs> right. if you buy a yeah. big dog you just increase the chances yeah. of someone getting yeah. get by a dog in your home if you build a pool you increase the chances of someone drowning on your property. These are self-evident facts. So it is incredibly important that people get the training on responsible firearms ownership, responsible firearms staging, responsible firearms carrying, responsible firearms deployment and use in yep. situations, which is where we started You know, 20 minutes ago. This idea that you, the guy cuts you off in traffic, you don't pull your gun out. We may <laughs> right. think you don't take class to tell you that, yeah. but you do. Yeah. You don't, don't, some guy stealing your truck in the front yard, you don't start shooting at him right. through the window with your AR-15. Yeah. And and somebody might actually right now be like, well, in Texas you can. You shouldn't. I don't care if the law says you can. I'm telling you as a gun rights advocate and a personal defense, home defense, home security educator, you should not be shooting through a window to keep someone from stealing your truck. Yeah. like
0: it makes not. us all look bad
1: yeah so well and it's just you could you could literally kill a guy who is just stealing your truck you could kill something we've had neighbors get shot yeah. because it's like that there's just you could lose your gun rights forever yeah. like i had my truck stolen in september and if i'd have been looking out the window as the truck was you know the guy was breaking into the truck i would not have grabbed an ar and started shooting down at him i might have done something right but what i would not have done was with deployed lethal force yeah. right there's no justification for that so the idea that um a lot of the things you said really resonate with me but i want to be really careful about what i see as the reason we advocate for training and education has everything to do with responsibility yeah. and not as much to do with the physical use of can the i use in it yeah. appropriate situation yeah. because because a lot of people i think envision completely inappropriate situations where they might want to use the gun oh absolutely and why yeah. the, the education becomes important
0: yeah I couldn't agree more and I don't think we disagree that much actually the reason why I put so much emphasis on training is because in the last 10 years I've gotten you know I'm not at the range all the time but before COVID I was there as much as once a week you know doing what I thought I needed to be doing as a concealed carry uh, individual you know I put emphasis on training because I do think it's important that now I've got this tool that's a uh, you know Uh, a tool of force a deadly weapon right and i i need to get training to know how best to use it as you said responsibly um whatever whatever i'm doing with it um and so i think training for me personally is a big item because i know how much it's meant to me and how much better of a shooter it's made me over time how much more knowledgeable not that i know it all i'm learning all the time i'm I'm always learning, but how much it's made me think about scenarios and do things I wouldn't have otherwise have done. And then the other thing um, that I think that's important that I mentioned is, you know, learning some of those legal aspects, you know, can I do it? Should I do it? Uh, It depends. Right. And thinking through scenarios, you know, some self-training, right? Thinking about scenarios to be better prepared. Hey, what would I do? Because the person that's thought through the scenarios is going to respond better potentially than the person that hasn't given it any thought at all. And then the other part of that training is all of that aside, you need some basic first aid and basic trauma care training. Right. And so to me, the training really is key.
1: Oh, absolutely. It, it is. And that, that's where it becomes really important is to remind everybody we're talking about comprehensive self-defense and care education, not just shooting skill. Yep. Right? There's so much more to this. And, you know, I'm wearing a an emergency trauma kit on my ankle right now. Um, I am not carrying a gun right now. There's a gun staged in a quick access safe uh, about 12 feet from me. Yep. But uh, when, I, and when I go out, I'll put the gun on. But the trauma kit's on. And... The when I you know, came back from the house or when I came back to the house, after I dropped my daughter off of school this morning, I was going to I jumped in the shower. So the gun got put in the quick access safe. The trauma kit got taken off and put on the kit, you know, the, the bathroom Kennedy yeah. and you know, came right back on. So so the, the this is something that is ingrained in probably for uh, four or five years now it was about this time of the year because it was right during the european uh, version of shot show i was introduced to the company that makes this ankle kit and yeah. i can't remember if it was 4 years ago or 5 years ago but uh, probably 300 literally 360 days a year like if i'm on the beach which is a very rare thing or if i'm wearing shorts around all day which is a very rare thing <laughs> you
0: may not have it on
1: wearing the ankle kit so yeah. so that and yeah, and i'm the gun guy right so yeah. the, the is so important to think about kind of what if you're really serious about personal defense yeah and i think this really was the core of your point the gun is a tool a tool that will rarely be needed and rarely be the best answer but it's a tool that if you decide to bring it into your world you better get the education and training around owning it storing it staging it carrying it and using it appropriately
0: yep and and there's a bunch of other stuff to learn even before you get to a gun. You know, we've talked about situational awareness, avoidance, de-es- avoidance, deescalation, um, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I think we're on the same page.
1: Yeah, I think we are. And, and, it, and it really is. Sometimes it's important to note that it's not necessarily sequential, right? You might, if you, because a lot of people are going to hear this. I'm going to share this, right? I'm going to share this with a bunch of gun owners who probably heard me say this kind of stuff 20 times and not heard it. It didn't click, right? Today it's going to click and they're going to say, you know, I don't carry a medical kit. Maybe, maybe I should look into that. I've never done, I've never really done any arms training. I mean, fitness, right? Like that's part of it. I mean, if you, if you're in the mall and somebody starts shooting up the mall, and you can run out the door and get to your car or get off the property or run to someplace you can barricade yourself, you're way better off than if you can't run from that part of the mall and the bad guy gets to that part of the mall before the police intercept. right? Now you've got to draw your gun and shoot him, whereas if you were physically fitter, you might've just been able to avoid the conflict. And And that is the kind of stuff that you're right, it doesn't get talked about enough uh, but, but I also will say that this is a very, very different landscape than it was 10 or 15 years ago. 20, 30 years ago, this stuff was hardly talked about unless you were really an advanced student of defense, armed defense. You didn't hear any of this stuff. Today, you'd have to be willfully ignorant to not have heard from some qualified instructor that, you know, you should not go directly to the gun that you, there are other things you should worry about that medical training is part of it. And, and I say that the way I did, because if there's an instructor out there today telling you, Hey, just get a gun. That's all you need. Uh, <laughs> you know, some of the things we used to hear, get a 22 because at the end of the day, it's just, as soon as you pull that gun out, the bad guy is going to run away. Right. You don't you, you yeah. don't even need to load the gun. If you show them the gun, it's going to run away. Just get a gun. If there's somebody out there still doing that, tell him to shut up and yeah. give him my phone if he's got a problem with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, You said something earlier that made me think of one of my points that I tried to drive home as I do every chance I get with just about anyone, and that is if you're first-time or not, you don't have to be first-time, but certainly if you're a first-time gun owner or just purchased a gun with everything that's going on, please don't take your cues from Hollywood. Please don't take your cues from Hollywood. I think so much of the misinformation – much like the news and media that we see today, especially, and have for a while now, I think, you know, a lot of people think it's going to happen just like it is in Hollywood. Um, and that's not the case at all. So to me, that's another one of those reasons. Okay. If that's what you think, or if you're thinking when you think through your scenarios, you're going to be doing those Rambo maneuvers or those, uh, gosh, I can't even think of the name of the movie right now, but you know, the CQB stuff in your own home, not saying that there's not a place for some of that stuff, but if that's the way you're envisioning things going down, you probably need a good dose of training from somebody that knows what they're doing to kind of dial you in a little bit better you know
1: oh for sure it is it is so important uh and i and i've been guilty of this in the past and i think our community you know with <laughs> nowadays i think everybody everybody like celebrates like john wick right and and yes. back on you know, the day it was it was uh <laughs> you know the gun handling and heat was great yeah. uh the handling in in way of the gun was great you know yeah. i heard they had seal CO, uh consulting like that was great it's like, well it's great if you want to play navy seal right. right or if a criminal kidnapper turned good guy in a movie script that wants to save the pregnant girl like yeah i guess then it's good but in the <laughs> real world like none of that is the appropriate you know defensive no. gun right and and that's really hard to get people to understand is there's a it, it's no more real than you know any any other that like house that's not really how how hospitals work right like it's a you guess you right. have to uh, you have to remember it's entertainment, and and I think that works both ways. There are, I'm sure there are plenty of people who watch certain media that makes them think the last thing they would ever want is to own a gun because it's just recklessly dangerous to own a gun, and and that's not true either. But as a gun rights and responsibility guy, I have to assume I'm talking to people who own guns or will own guns, and I want you to focus on the responsibility. But that's not to say. You know, wait twenty years. I've certainly told people that you're not ready for a gun, or a gun's not right for you. But that's the exception, right? Like, what what percentage of the population is is a gun not right for? I would tell you that that I'm I I cringe thinking about the number of people who are considered leaders in the gun rights community who would say no one, uh, everyone should have a gun, and know better. And they know better, and I know better, and you know better. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's ten percent, but but it's more than zero. People yeah. shouldn't own a gun, and and I'm not saying shouldn't be allowed to own a gun. I'm saying shouldn't make the choice to own a gun, and that's a conversation we need to be ready to have. too.
0: yeah, I mean, some people just should not have power tools in their garage, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, let's. You no, know, all joking is one of the issues we deal with in our in our culture is. Uh, We have an awareness of of dementia and the 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 havoc that can be wreaked, uh, you know, wrought upon a a family and an individual when they just aren't judging situations well. They aren't paying attention to their situations well. They're losing some of the neuromuscular control that they once had and their perception and judgment's off and we take away their car keys. Yeah. You know it doesn't mean we don't <laughs> love it. You know, we just we're taking your car keys away to protect you and protect society. Yep. And there's no law, by the way, right? There's no law that says when you turn 72, you have to go get your gut you know, you, you have to show up and get a psych test to see if you can drive. We've yep. just figured out in our society That we need to take the car keys away for individuals on an individual basis. And we say take the car keys away very specifically because it's a judgment perception, mental processing issue that might prevent somebody from willingly giving up the keys. Right. But something like a living will, you know, if I'm diagnosed with dementia or other cognitive issues, I want you to take my car keys away. Even if I'm fighting you over it, please protect me and protect our community. I think we need to be t- doing the same thing with firearms, right? If they're, if it's it's almost the same exact scenario. If I take grandpa's car keys away, how can I responsibly leave a loaded gun behind his door?
0: Right. Yeah, no, it's a good point and arguably they're both deadly weapons at the end of the day after 14 accidents. And maybe that's the, maybe that's uh, on that particular topic, maybe that's the difference between the two though, is that, you know, like, um, my buddy had to recently, well, it's a year plus ago now, but my buddy more recently had to take his car keys away from his stepdad for just that reason. He, I think had been in four accidents, hitting cars and parking lots, even hit a school bus one afternoon. And, you know, my point is, is that in the car scenarios, there's things that are exhibited or that are, uh, that have happened to cause you to need to consider taking those keys away. The loaded gun behind the door—it might be just a matter of time, but nothing's happened yet. Um, but to your point, with the gun, we shouldn't be waiting until something happens to take action with with that tool. Uh, maybe is that is that uh, a fair overview?
1: I, mean, I, I certainly wouldn't say that. You know, I'm not a I'm not a driving rights advocate, right? Or a driving group. <laughs> but, but I would say that yeah, if you're if you're you can't have the the metric can't be after three or four fender benders within six months if someone's over the age of 65, it's time to take the keys. I yeah. I, I feel like it's so it's so subjective, right? Yep. There is no metric, and we're not talking about the government coming in and taking away the car keys. We're talking about the family realizing that yep. you know, it's time to use the Uber, and, and it, it is really. Like I said, incredibly subjective. Um, certainly, we can have a negligent discharge. I've had negligent discharge. I've had two in my life that were um, that I can point to and say, you know, I wasn't paying enough attention, and a gun went off when I didn't intend for it to go off. And yep. both scenarios there, there were redundant safety protocols and procedures. Nothing bad happened. No one was injured. You know, the bullet went where it was supposed to go. Um, but in both cases, I know cognitively, I was not expecting the gun to go bang. Yeah. And in one case, I purposefully pulled the trigger. In another case, I absentmindedly uh, had my finger in a position where the trigger got pulled while I was focused on something else. But it was my action, you know, and, yeah. and I and if I weren't, I would worry if I weren't able to say this is how it happened. This is the mistake that was made. This is the thing that, that I did wrong. That's the indicator, right? It's like, okay, so why did you get, why did you hit that tree? Well, you know, it moved. Well, no, the tree didn't. (laughs) No, it didn't. If you can't even admit that you ran into the tree, well, the car just lurched to the left. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Right? Like you let go of the steering wheel or you did this or you swerved because of a squirrel or something happened. And if you can't articulate and define what happened, that might be the indicator that it's time to to change you know to, to take away yeah, that so situation develops again so so I don't know that we can say it's you know with a car it's it's not as urgent because certainly that first accident could kill the school bus yeah, full of kids sure. right so it's just the thing yeah. we all need to exercise responsibility we all need to uh, advocate for responsibility amongst our peers and our family and those we care about and everybody else in society and if we're doing that genuinely then it's not a question of taking away someone's rights. It's a question of preventing somebody from doing something tragic.
0: Yep. Couldn't agree more. Um, so I know it, I know you are the one that reached out when I put out that last podcast. Was there anything else you wanted to cover?
1: I just, I like I said, Jim, I appreciate the conversations. I, I, I think that this, dialogue you know revealed some so maybe fine-tuning or refinement you know of my own thoughts um, based on some of the things you said your podcast made me think uh, about what you meant and and what I think and where there's there's alignment and where there's disagreement. I think as you said we really probably don't disagree all that much. I think that there are things I emphasize there's things you emphasize. Uh, I hope that anybody listening to this right now does go back. And listen to your show. What, do you happen to know which episode it was?
0: uh That was the last one, which was thirty-five. Three years so 30, of this. Yeah. So
1: listen, to self, self-initiative thirty-five. If you're in my audience and you don't listen to Jim's podcast, keep an eye on it. But especially if this was interesting to you, go back and listen to to what he said. um I, I think that the two, you know, the 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 willingness that you show to further explore your ideas, and again, I you know, for the audience's benefit, the way I reached out was kind of like, hey, I'm not sure if I agree with you on all these points. Like, yeah, yeah. let if, if you're open to it, let's let's hash this out for the you know good of Earth. Let's do it publicly. Yeah. And your willingness to do that speaks volumes about your sincerity and your your um, interest in the dialogues. I think the dialogue is where we learn more about ourselves, and hopefully, people who eavesdrop on that dialogue uh, get a lot out of it. So I, I hope that's what's happened here, and I, I really appreciate you uh, doing it um, and, and having me back on the show too, to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you reaching out again and us being able to connect again and do this. And hopefully, you know, like you said, the people that are listening get that like they understand now that we've even talked through it further. If they go back and listen to 35, um, they'll understand even better now what the points where I was trying to get across because of the dialogue that we've had about that very topic. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about it. And I think, you know, in the gun community, we would do ourselves better if we were, uh, and I know folks like yourself and others are doing it more, but if we had more open dialogue or more willingness to have more open dialogue and less name calling or, uh, emotional grabbing headlines and what we were trying to accomplish. Cause I think that's just going to only help. Well, I know it's only going to help reach those that we're actually trying to talk to and reach. So I appreciate you doing it.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, again, continued success with the show and if there's anything I can do for you or your audience, um, let me know if, if you're interested in the training information that we've been stressing um, not just the gun stuff, but everything else, uh, personal defense network.com. there are literally hundreds of free articles and videos there hitting on on just about every aspect uh, of, of firearms related training and information the medical information the unarmed information the staging and storage the when you should use the gun uh, all that's there personal defense network.com
0: you got all kinds of good information there and you've also got ice training as well
1: yeah. The intuitiveshooting.com website is the uh, home of the ICE training calendar for my in-person stuff and for those who have ser- been certified by me. And it's probably worth mentioning that United States Concealed Carry Association um, has, uh, they asked me several years ago to write a curriculum for them uh, to basically take my material and, and adapt it for, for the scope and scale at which they can reach people. Sure. So they- have Level 1 and Level 2 Defensive Shooting Fundamentals courses they offer around the country, and we've got hundreds of certified instructors offering that program. Um, through the United States Concealed Carry Association as well. So the information is it's readily available, readily accessible. There's there's books out there, there's DVDs, and um, there's a lot of great conversations like this one um, that I've had with other people uh, in the training community and otherwise as well. So I, I hope uh, people that are looking for this don't ever think that you have to spend hundreds of dollars or days on the range or, you know, whatever to get this education. It's it's large, largely the fundamentals, the mo- maybe the most important parts, are available for free out there uh, if you just do a little digging around
0: yeah there's a lot of information out there for free good good information for free and you know i know you've got your uh, home range down in saint augustine i love saint augustine i spent my uh time as a kid with my family uh, vacationing down in that area and i love saint augustine i need to get down there and do some shooting with you rob for sure
1: that, that would that would be great i am uh, just, i'm actually that's i'm literally the minute we hang up i'm going to start loading the truck i'm going to drive down there uh this is now uh getting to be the middle of march and i'll be 10 days in a row doing video work and teaching on the range there but uh, it is my eastern headquarters i'm there quite often and uh it is a great place to train at ancient city shooting range
0: awesome well rob thanks again for coming on and we'll talk to you soon
1: thanks jim have a great day